it's lovely to be able to share with you this evening. And is it great to worship together and to really just be lifted up into heavenly places with Christ Jesus, as we have been, haven't we, uh, this evening? And, uh, you know, the anointing increases the more we worship. And I've been praying that uh, God's Holy Spirit will really move amongst us this evening and touch us. Uh, the Word of God is so powerful, isn't it? And there's so much in there that is there to help us, to encourage us. And if we apply it practically in our lives, it's amazing the difference that it can make. And uh, the passage which I've chosen to share from this evening is uh, Philippians 4, uh, and uh, verses 4 to 9, where there's some really wonderful uh, principles there that we can apply. Um, if you want to pop it up, I'll, I'll just read it out before I share. I think would be good. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Isn't it great to know that the God of peace can be with us? And I believe the God of peace is with us this evening as we are sharing together uh, in this service. Now, the first little part of this passage refers to rejoicing. And it says there in, in verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord. How often? Always. That means always, okay? However you're feeling, we need to be rejoicing in the Lord. We don't always feel like rejoicing, do we? If we're having a bad day or something, we don't really feel like rejoicing. But there's an important principle there that we need to rejoice in the Lord always. And Paul felt that it was so important. He says, I will say it again, rejoice. So he didn't just want to say it, but he really wanted to emphasize it, didn't he? And so rejoicing is something that's very important. And we need to be a rejoicing people because we've got an awful lot to rejoice about, haven't we? Jesus has done absolutely everything that we need for us so that we can live life in all its fullness. Jesus came that we might experience life in all its fullness, John 10, verse 10. And that's what he has provided for us. Paul, you would have thought, would have plenty of reasons not to rejoice on many occasions, wouldn't you really? He went through an awful lot. You know, he was imprisoned, wasn't he? He was flogged and beaten and shipwrecked and you name it. He had quite an interesting and challenging life, really. Probably much more challenging than any of us will ever have to live. And yet he was able to say these words, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. So he must have felt that it was important to rejoice and to give thanks and to worship and to praise. And it is very important. Because when we're rejoicing, when we're worshipping, when we're thanking God, we are lifted up into those heavenly places. We have a more intimate and closer relationship with God when we're in that place, don't we? And that's the place God wants us to be and to rest, doesn't he? Seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, above all the problems and issues that are going on around us. 
and we may have issues and challenges in our lives at the moment. But if we keep rejoicing and thanking God and worshipping him and praising him, then he will help us in those situations. Sometimes we get depressed, don't we? What's the best solution if you're depressed? Just stay on your own and sort of, uh, you know, look at yourself. Or what? The most important thing to do is actually to rejoice and to worship God when you're in that situation. A very good friend of mine who has gone to be with the Lord now, uh, he became a Christian when he was a deteriorating schizophrenic. And he was just completely depressed about everything, really. But when Jesus came into his life, something happened, and he certainly changed. But Christians supported him and helped him, and they encouraged him to worship and rejoice in the Lord. And, you know, the more he did it, the more the... um, schizophrenia went and in fact eventually it went completely because he just worshipped it away and he he rejoiced in the Lord and the enemy had to flee in Jesus name and it is a very important principle if you get to a point where you're getting depressed don't just accept it and looking on yourself because that's not going to solve any problems it's going to make it worse but look to Jesus and start worshipping him the best thing to do is to get yourself a CD or to stream music down and to worship him. And you'll find if you do that, the depression will go in Jesus' name because you're not focusing on yourself anymore, but you're focusing on Jesus, aren't you? And you're worshipping him and you are being lifted up and out of your depression. In Isaiah 61, there's a little verse there, isn't there, that helps us in that. It says, um, put on the garments of praise for the spirit of despair or depression or that sort of thing. It works. Put it into practice and you'll find that it works. That's what this little passage is all about. And it says, you know, here, doesn't it? Um, Put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. You know, we can know everything that there is in the word of God, can't we? But unless we actually apply it and put it into practice, it's not actually a lot of use. And God wants us to be people who are not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word too. And when it comes to getting to a point where we're feeling a bit down, don't just accept it, but start applying the principles that God has made available to us. Let's be a worshipful, rejoicing um, people who come before God and focus on him and look to him, and he will lift us up. And, you know, that heaviness will go in Jesus' name. And we will sense his peace coming to replace it. There's no more wonderful place to be than in a place of peace and rest with Jesus, is there? It's incredible the difference that God can make. I know from my own experience, you know, I went through all sorts of battles about three years ago and had other battles through my life, of course, as well. But, you know, when you're really walking with God and when you're trusting God and resting in his peace, it's amazing how he's able to get you through the most difficult and challenging times in your lives. So let's be a rejoicing people. Whatever we're going through, rejoice. Focus on Jesus. Look to him. Exalt and magnify his name. Thank him for who he is, the King of kings and Lord of lords, the one who is there to help us, to sustain us, and his Holy Spirit too, which of course dwells within us, doesn't it? You know, I'm always reminded of that scripture from Romans 8 where it says that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells within us. That's always worth focusing on remembering, isn't it? Because, you know, wow, if the Holy Spirit of God's actually within you, boy, 
he, he's there to sustain you, to help you, to give you everything you need to live your life. And we need to put our focus and trust in him. So let's be people who apply the principles that we read about in God's word. Uh, it also refers to rejoicing in uh, 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 5. It says, be joyful always or rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is, this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That's his will for us. So let's do it. Let's be joyful. Let's pray continually. Let's give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Praise God that he has made these things available to us so that we can know him, that we can walk with him, that we can be strong in him. You know, Jesus is in the business of changing our lives, making us more like him and helping us so that we can not only feel good ourselves but that we can pass on the good news to others and help others who are perhaps going through difficult and challenging times and show them that Jesus is alive and that he is able to change our situations and circumstances, change our lives, transform our lives. He is an amazing God. And the more closely we walk with him, the more we know him, the more we realise that, the more we realise our own weakness and inadequacy, and the more we realise how much more we need to rely on him. And Paul, of course, is a prime example of that, isn't he? You know, he knew he was weak, he was feeble, he couldn't do things, really. When he was weak, he was strong, he said. That's meant when he realised he couldn't do it himself, then he relied on God, and that's where his strength came from. And that's where our strength, strength needs to come from. It mustn't be coming from ourselves, but it needs to be coming from God. We need to draw on God and to involve him in everything that we do in our lives. And he will sustain us and strengthen us and give us everything that we need. So that's the rejoicing bit. But I wanted to share too about this next section really, which is very, very important. If you want to hear from God and hear his voice, which is normally a still small voice, I've never heard him speak to me audibly yet, um, it's a still small voice and you need to be in a place of peace and rest to be able to hear his voice speaking to you. If you're full of anxiety and worry and stress and this, that and the other, it's quite likely that you won't hear his voice as clearly as you would ideally want to. And we need to be people who hear God's voice speaking to us. And so we need to be in that place of peace and rest. And so it says in this passage here, Paul says, do not be anxious about what? Some things but not others? Anything. That's right. Do not be anxious about anything. That's all very well, isn't it? You know, it's not that easy to actually apply in practice, is it? But that's what Paul said, and that's what Paul meant, that we certainly don't need to be anxious about anything. And, of course, Jesus also in the Gospels talked about not worrying, didn't he? Uh, because it doesn't help. In fact, it only hinders, doesn't it, really? You know, we won't live any longer if we worry. We'll probably live shorter lives, and, you know, it doesn't actually make any difference to... Uh, it doesn't help anything at all, does it, really? His focus there was on, you know, seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness, wasn't it? And then all these things will be added unto you. And again, our focus needs to be in the right direction, doesn't it? So that we can cope uh, in our lives. Do not be anxious about anything. But we are, aren't we, sometimes? 
We can't help it, can we, really? You know, we do get worried about things, and it's understandable that we do. But the important thing is that we don't just get stuck in that place where we're worried and anxious, but that we click into place the teaching that we have in God's Word that will help us to overcome it. That's the great thing about God's Word, isn't it? There's something there for absolutely every situation that you can find yourself in in your life. And certainly when it comes to worry and anxiety, uh, there's some wonderful words there that can help us and principles that we can apply that will help us to overcome in those situations. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So what's it saying there? It's really saying, well, don't just hold on to it and bottle it up. Even if you look in the natural, you know, holding things in and bottling up and being worried and stressed out about things isn't going to be good for you, is it? It'll make you ill. You know, it can make you physically ill, it can make you mentally ill, and it causes all sorts of problems and sickness and can kill people by being over-worried and anxious about things. But God has a solution, and the solution is to involve him, isn't it? And everything by prayer and petition. Prayer and petition is actually coming before God, isn't it? And giving situations and circumstances to him. And more than that, really, it's actually laying our burdens and our problems at the foot of the cross and letting go of them and letting God take over. And that's a very, very important principle. And it's one that I've seen applied uh, in my own life, in my, my first wife, she applied that principle. I may have shared that with you before. If I did, I'll share it again, because it's a very important principle. Um, uh, I married my first wife, uh, who was 10 years older than me, and had five boys, uh, which was a challenge in itself, taking them on. Uh, not only that, she had a farm with 35,000 chickens, and she didn't know about anything much about farming, and I certainly didn't know about farming chickens. Uh, and she had a debt of a quarter of a million pounds uh, in 1987, which is, you know, would be an awful lot more than a quarter of a million pounds now. So, you know, it was a difficult, challenging situation. But what do you do in that situation? It's no good getting anxious about it, is it? That's not going to solve any problems. Uh, you've got to trust God and rest in his peace and ask him to help you to overcome it. So we had to give all of these issues to God and ask him to help. And praise God, he did. But one of the boys, uh, of the five boys, the middle boy, uh, became particularly ill. And he had rheumatoid arthritis, and he had a brain tumour. And, uh, of course, we were all very, very anxious about this situation. And uh, one evening, he was just lying on a bed, really, really ill, and uh, in a lot of pain, uh, and uh, my wife uh, just looked at him and just came before God in that situation. Uh, and she wasn't anxious, but she applied this principle of praying to God. And she said to God quietly, so that Alex couldn't hear, Lord, if you want him, you take him. And that's a very interesting principle. It's actually very biblical and uh, you know, even in the Old Testament we read about that, don't we? Uh, where people have got to be willing to let go and to give. And so she gave Alex to God and let go of the burden of it. And as soon as she did, he started getting better. The specialist was due to come around that evening and um, he rang in to say he was running late. So 
my wife said, well, you know, don't worry too much. It's actually quite a bit better if you can't make it. You know, don't worry. Anyway, he said, well, I'm passing by anyway, so I'll call in. So he did. He called in and he had a look at Alex and there was still quite a bit of pain from the rheumatoid arthritis, but he looked into Alex's eyes and where before he had seen a shadow growing from the growth of this tumour, he could actually see the shadow shrinking. And God was healing and removing that tumour. Alex came to church the next day and myself and the minister laid hands on him and prayed for him and God completely healed him from rheumatoid arthritis. And uh, he'd been told he'd never be able to play sport or do anything like that again. And um, anyway, within a few months, he was running for his school in the Northwest Championships. And, uh, you know, God had totally transformed and changed his life. We didn't feel he was on a lot of medication, and we didn't feel it was right to just say to Alex, Well, stop taking your medication. I think you've got to be wise, haven't you, sometimes? Anyway, about six months later, my wife was doing um, some spring cleaning, and she found a load of tablets underneath the furniture and said to Alex, You've not been taking your tablets, have you? Uh, and Alex just said to her, well, Mum, I don't need them anymore because I know that Jesus has healed me. And it was Jesus that told him to stop taking the tablets. We didn't have to do it. But the whole principle was not getting worried and anxious about Alex's condition, but praying and giving the situation to God and letting go. Not easy to do that, but it's something that is very important and something that can have a real impact if you're prepared to do it. Uh, and in Alex's case, everything turned around and he started getting better. It's a bit like Abraham and Isaac as well, isn't it, really, where you know, Abraham was willing to offer Isaac as a sacrifice and you know, he made it quite clear that he would do it, didn't he? And because he said that he would do it, God turned the situation around and gave Isaac back. Uh, and sometimes we had to be brave. Uh, and we have to really trust God uh, and to just give these burdens and these situations to God and say, Lord, I can't cope with this. Please, Lord, you take it. And very often when I'm ministering to people, if they've got problems and things, uh, I get them to sort of, in their minds, place their burdens, their worries, their anxieties on a plate and to give that plate to Jesus and just lay it at the foot of the cross and to let go. And it's amazing how often uh, God turns that situation around and, and God heals and God sets people free. That's the exciting thing about our faith, isn't it? It's not just coming along and, and, and singing a few hymns and praying a few prayers, but it's actually our faith is a living faith where we are worshipping a living God who meets with us and changes circumstances and situations in our lives and in the lives of others. And that's what excited me uh, when I became a Christian. Uh, I couldn't stand going to church as a child uh, and as a teenager. Uh, my dad was the vicar, and I got so bored with it, and there didn't seem to be anything that was relevant or real. And you see, Christianity isn't a religion, is it? It's a relationship with a living God. And I didn't have that relationship at that time. And it wasn't until after I left home and met others who were Christians uh, and, and had a living faith that I realised the difference. And when a chappy shared his testimony and shared what God had done in his life, that was enough for me. And then I accepted Jesus as my Lord. And ever since then, I've been experiencing the reality of God. And that's what 
our faith is about, it's about reality, isn't it? It's about a God who is alive today, who meets with us, whose Holy Spirit is here amongst us, that, uh, you know, and is actually dwelling within us, that Jesus is alive today, and he's in the business of changing and touching people's lives. So sometimes we have to make tough decisions, sometimes we have to just give situations to God, but the important thing is that we don't get stuck in that place of worry and anxiety. That is not God's will, and it's not his purpose, and he can set us free from that if we apply biblical principles in those situations. Because if we do, if we just let go of the problem, and we give God the worry, the anxiety, uh, the peace of God which transcends, transcends all understanding will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's an amazing place to be, and it's a place where God wants us all to be. Are you in a place of peace and rest in your walk with God at the moment? Or are there things that are burdening you and weighing you down? Because we don't need to stay in that place. Because Jesus is here, the Holy Spirit is here. And he just wants you to let go and to give it to him. And then that peace will just come flooding in. And it's a wonderful place to be, isn't it? Knowing God's peace. And hearing his voice then. You know, if we are in a place of peace and rest, we will hear his voice much more clearly. And that's what he wants us to do. Because he wants to guide us and direct us. He wants to speak to us. He will speak to us. But are we listening? Are we hearing? Or are we too burdened by the problems that we're going through? Jesus is Lord. He is the one who is able to transform us and to change us and to set us free And of course, when we're in that place of peace and rest in him and we're hearing his voice and we're flowing in the anointing of the Holy Spirit, we're much more effective as Christians too, aren't we? Because we're going to be better witnesses for him and we're going to be able to help others far more, aren't we? As we serve God in that way. And, you know, that's what I love to do. It's not just keep my faith to myself, but to share Jesus with other people. You know, it's no good just keeping it to yourself, is it? There are lots of people out there who've got desperate needs. And we have the answer, don't we, in Jesus. Isn't that amazing? You know, the God who, you know, Jesus died for us. And he went through all that agony and pain on the cross. And he shed his precious blood that we might be forgiven. And when he went to heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit to empower us and equip us so that we can be his ambassadors, really, and that we can be his people here on earth who share Jesus in a real way and know Jesus in a real and practical way. So whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. That's where our focus needs to be, on the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And God, because we've got the Spirit of God within us, is able to help us to develop that fruit, isn't he? You know, people, we need to be different, don't we? as Christians. You know, you sometimes hear in some churches, oh, I think we'll become a bit more worldly in the hope that we can get more people to come to church. That is the last thing that we need to do as Christians. We need to be completely different from the world. And if we go Jesus' way and we do things Jesus' way, we will be different, won't we? You know, we don't need to do worldly things. You know, if we shine Jesus, if we shine the fruit of the Holy Spirit, people notice the difference. Uh, A very good friend of mine um, lost his son very suddenly. 
Um, extraordinary story, really. This son had sort of been a bit like the prodigal son in many ways and had gone away from God. And this particular evening, he was round at their home and uh, they were just sharing together and he rededicated his life to Christ that evening. He lived about 20 miles away, no, a bit less than that, 15 miles away probably, up in the hills, and he drove back home that evening, and it was a cold winter's evening, it was icy, he skidded on some ice, and his car went off the road, ended up in a pond, and he drowned. Tragic story, but they were able to have a peace inside because they knew that he had rededicated his life to Jesus, and they knew where he had gone. And it was incredible that people saw this, this elderly couple uh, who were going through this really difficult time, but they noticed the difference because they saw Jesus in them and the way that they were reacting and responding to that situation. And that's how we need to be in our lives too, isn't it? You know, we need to show forth the fruit of the Holy Spirit. We need to show forth that peace and to experience that peace that passes all understanding. So it says here, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. I don't think I would dare put that in about my life really, you know, don't sort of copy me and what I've done and things, but Paul was able to do that because he had applied these principles in his life, hadn't he? And he had proved that they worked to him. He was an incredible person, wasn't he? Because, you know, we know that he was a total enemy of, of Christ and of the you know, of the Christians, wasn't he? But his life was totally transformed on that Damascus road. And he became as fervent for Jesus as he was against him uh, before he became a Christian. But he didn't just sort of live a, you know, an ordinary Christian life, did he? You know, he, he went all out for God, all out for Jesus. And he applied all of these principles in his life. And as a result of that, he was able to share in the way that he did here, you know, whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. And as we apply the principles that we've just shared this evening in our lives, so we can say that, that the God of peace will be with us as we do that. And our lives can be changed and transformed. We can be set free from things that are holding us back and hindering us in whatever way that might be. It's an exciting life living with Jesus, isn't it? It's a challenging life. I certainly found life more challenging after I became a Christian than I did before. But it's a fulfilling life, isn't it? And it's all about change. It's all about freedom. It's all about... Wow, you know, knowing the one who has created us and redeemed us. But living life in all its fullness is how Jesus wants us to live. He doesn't want us to be burdened and weighed down by this weight and the other, but he wants us to be transformed, doesn't he, by the renewal of our minds, as it says in, uh, in Romans chapter 12. And, you know, in uh, Hebrews chapter 12 as well, it talks about getting rid of the things, doesn't it, that are holding us back. And running with race, the, that running with perseverance, the race that's set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. All those principles are the same, aren't they? It's all about focusing on Jesus. It's praising Him. It's worshiping Him. It's getting peace with Him, uh, and allowing God to transform us and change us and make us into the people that He wants us to be. Make sure that your focus is on Jesus in your life not on the other things that can pull you down and weigh you 
uh, but on the things that will lift you up uh, and encourage you and help you to be a more effective follower of Jesus today. So at this point, I'd just like us to just have a moment of quiet, really, as we just come before the Lord. And we're just going to give God an opportunity to minister to us. And what I'd like you to do is, if you have got anything that's really weighing you down, if you're worried about anything, I just want you to just think about what that thing might be. And I want you just to place it in your hands. And I just want you to lay it at the foot of the cross and to let go of it. And we just pray, Lord Jesus, right now, that by your Holy Spirit, you would just lift the burden, any burden that anyone here has this evening that is weighing them down, that, Lord, you just take that burden off them. Your yoke is easy, your burden is light. And, Lord, you are a God who is here to help us, to encourage us, to set us free. For whom the sun set free shall be free indeed. Isn't that amazing that we can be free? Nobody in the world can do it, but God can do it. Our God can do it. Our Jesus can do it. The Holy Spirit can do it. We're a privileged people. You know, the world has nothing to offer, really, compared with what we have from Jesus. So just let go and give it to him and allow him to fill you with his peace. Lord, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would just move amongst us now and that you would just fill us with your peace, that every burden would be lifted in Jesus' name and that you'd help us too to be a rejoicing people, to be contented in whatever circumstances we find ourselves in. And we thank you too that in this passage too it says that uh, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And also it says, my God will meet all of your needs according to his riches in glory through Christ Jesus. Lord, these are all incredible principles that we can apply and stand on. And as we stand on your word, Lord, and put it into practice, we thank you that you make the difference. And it happens, Lord, for us. So we just give it all to you. We just thank you for the privilege of being in your presence this evening. And just pray that you just bless each one of us, Lord that we would be able to go home rejoicing and that we'd be rejoicing in the morning and all day tomorrow and all of this coming week and we'd be rejoicing in our lives and that we would know that peace, Lord, and uh, that that peace would rest upon us and remain with us. In Jesus' name, amen. And if anybody at the end of the service would like any personal prayer, it would be lovely to be able to pray with you. But let's just go back into a, an atmosphere of worship, I think, would be lovely to do that. And just let God move amongst us. In Jesus' name. <laughs>